20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Once again, everybody, and welcome to the Pack-A-Day Podcast. My name is Mike Welland, along with me, Tyler Grezegorek, as we break down everything Packers on and off the field as we get on this Saturday morning. But we'll be talking mostly fantasy football, because that's just around the corner. Drafts are going to be around the corner. I know, I think we're doing a league that'll be coming up fairly fairly soon as well. But before that, we got to hit some relevant news from the world of Packer football, and that's basically the injury news from last night. Mike McCarthy talked about it a little bit uh, today during his press conference. First off, uh, Justin McCray, who left the game with a calf injury. According to all reports that we have seen, he took a helmet off the calf and he just kind of seized up on him. But he'll be fine. He's going to take some time. He probably won't practice or play against Oakland, but he sounds like he's going to be good to go at that right guard spot. Yeah, and that's promising news because he actually was playing pretty well last night. I mean, there was a couple times where he got easily overpowered by a couple of those big D linemen, but... He was playing relatively well last night, and it kind of it stung to see him taken out of the game so early. Absolutely. The other two ones are Jamal Williams, who had an ankle injury. It sounds like it's a minor sprain. He should be good to go for the season, for sure, Hill, because he's going to be the starting running back. But it sounds like everything's fine on his part, nothing long-term. And Jay Kumaro, which made all of Packer Nation gasp in horror when they saw him getting looked at in the tent with his shoulder. It sounds like it's a sprained SC joint on his right shoulder. They're testing about today. They're going to give him a more extensive testing on Monday. He'll, he probably won't practice the first couple of days. He may be ready to go on Friday against Oakland. We're not sure yet, but it sounds promising that it's not going to be an IR type injury or a long-term injury for Jake Kumaro. Yeah, I think that he sustained the injury when he dove into the end zone after that 82-yarder. Uh, he, I think he fell on his shoulder there. I, I, I don't know, though. I think he'll be fine. I'm not worried about it. You know, yeah, that's exactly what happened. He, they talked about it after the game. He's, he he said he, he thought he's got a stinger when he landed because he landed kind of awkwardly. Yeah, it sounds like he'll be fine. And with the way he played, he's probably got a, a spot on the team almost locked up. Whether he'll be a constant active player is a different thing, but it's it's hard to keep him off the 53 with how he has played in camp so far. But turning it over quickly as we uh, touch on a couple brief takes from Thursday night's game, the, the big bloodbath in, against Pittsburgh. And if you want to hear the full recap, listen to yesterday's podcast from from the guy from Kyle and Andrew. They do a great job breaking this everything down. Maybe I don't don't just necessarily on Kyler factual takes, but they do a really good job breaking down the game itself and and what happened for the Packers as they put up 51 points on the Steelers. But I guess Tyler, I'll turn to you first. What are what's a quick take you had from the game? I think we just need to pump the brakes as a whole. I'm looking at some of these players, and they made some really nice plays. But I'm just going to remind everybody that it is preseason. And yes, these guys are making plays, but it is preseason. And I, if you want to elaborate on that, feel free, Mike. You know, I agree. I, I uh, pump the brakes not only for the good players, but the guys who struggle as well. It is preseason. This is why these games happen, so people can work out the mistakes, work out what happens. I'm not a fan of having people question effort for from professional football players. You know, they wouldn't be in the middle of August doing this stuff if they weren't giving massive some effort or working their way through injuries and whatnot, trying to make these rosters to get a starting job, so on and so forth. But other than that, from the game itself, I was incredibly impressed by Deshaun Kaiser. He's my biggest takeaway. He was so good as, as, a, as a passer. He had plenty of zip on the ball. The touchdown to Kumaro was an absolute dart. He looked confident. He was able to move move around. He wasn't scared of a pass rush, and he looked much improved 
from his Notre Dame tape or his, even a lot of his Cleveland tape from last year. Yeah, he looked very good last night. Excuse me, two nights ago. But he, I just, I'm looking at Kaiser and there's a lot of things that he does well, but he's still a little raw. And that's fine because he doesn't have to step in and play this year. And we knew that coming into the draft last year that he was going to be one of those guys that needed some time. And I think Green Bay still is the perfect place for him to come in and learn. And he's showing us why he was so highly touted in the draft. Well, absolutely. And I think he's now pulling closer to Fred Hundley. And I think they may have given themselves a little bit of distance from Tim Boyle, who looked good, but he looked a little a little bit off with his intermediate throw. So great deep ball, but he's also very, very raw. But either way, it's a good situation for the Packers to have. Yeah, I totally agree. And Brett Hundley has played very well also. And, you know, I'm, I try to keep myself from getting roped in every year because he plays well in the preseason almost every year. But... I can honestly say that he looks different this season. He looks calm. He looks composed. He's actually got some feel for the pocket. Things that we weren't seeing last year, I don't know if he was just flustered. If you know, McCarthy came out and said that he was just not prepared, and that's not what you want to hear either, but he said he was not prepared to take the reins over from Aaron Rodgers, but that has to be his main job every day is being prepared to come in and do that when he's called upon. But he looks much better in the preseason now, I don't know if it's because the expectations are lower, but he looks calm, he looks composed, he's got a good feel for the pocket. I'm, I'm excited to see if, if he can continue to produce. No, I absolutely agree, and and luckily, neither of those two guys are going to factor into our main topic of today's podcast, which, as we approach week three of, of the preseason, and also for a lot of people, fantasy football season, it's when the drafts will take place, it's when you're going to see who gets taken where, because rosters start to take a little better shape, you know who the starters are. And whether it's a point per reception, non-PPR, so on and so forth, we have a couple of uh, advisories for you guys if you're looking at drafting some Packers in fantasy football this year. And uh, we did some Jimmy Fallon style or yearbook style uh, superlatives for fantasy football. And I guess we'll start We'll start with the biggest bargain you could get probably in the draft. I really like yours, uh, so I'll let you get started with it. Yeah, I don't think this should be a surprising one. I just spoke incredibly highly on him on, on our last podcast but Randall Cobb, like where he's going in drafts right now, it's a bargain to get him because he's going to be top three in this team in targets. And as we've spoken about before as well, each each of those top three targets, each of those top three receivers and targets, excuse me, could get more than 90 targets this year. And with his catch rate, that's just going to be an incredible production from him. I think with Jimmy Graham and Devontae Adams drawing as much attention as they're probably going to draw this year, Randall Cobb could be one of the biggest beneficiaries. Absolutely, I agree with that 100%. I think if you're in a, especially if you're in a PPR league, oh, he's going to he's going to be a huge factor cuz he's going to get a lot of targets. He'll get a lot of those short catches that he can expand into big plays. And you may see him on some punt returns for all you know. So that he could be that could be something to keep an eye on for as well. From for my bargain, I'm looking at the defense and the special teams. I think I'll just look at last night. Mm-hmm. Two guys who were expected to play big roles in Shamon Williams, Josh Jackson, both had pick sixes both on basically the same play, which is even more interesting that they're both, they both just jumped a simple out route almost the same spot in the field and makes, and it shows how, what they can do. And and I think they can get a lot of sacks. If Gary Gilbert continues to perform, if Nick Perry comes back healthy and with that defensive line, they can get a lot of sacks, a lot of forced fumbles and put, oh, could be near the top of the league at interceptions again. So I think if you take a late round flyer on defense and special teams for the Packers, you could have a bargain on your hands if they perform up to their talent level, 
But that's a big if. But I still think that could be a big bargain in round 13, 14, so on. Yeah, I think the defense is going to be... I, I mean, I've been saying for a while now, I think this defense is going to be top 10 this year. And I've been saying that since back in April. I mean, there's just a lot of talent here. Dom Capers was not using it properly. And that's just, that's just fact. So when you look at this defense, it's, they're deeper in the secondary than they've ever been. The, the linebackers are promising with Oren Burks showing up now. And then the defensive line is one of the best in the NFL. So I fully believe that this defense is going to be a very good one in 2018. And I just want to speak to the secondary specifically. Even Jair Alexander, who didn't get featured last night that much, he was I think it's like 10 snaps he was in the game for. But he was sticking with Juju Smith-Schuster on crossing routes. If you've got guys taking away the middle, and then you've got guys who are rushing the passer with stunts and such, Mason Rudolph did a good job of managing those pressures from the linebackers and the stunts on the defensive line but if you get a guy in there who's not you know maybe not doing as good of a job you're going to force some bad throws and we saw him rush his throws and I think that's just going to benefit this defense in the long run no no doubt about it and kind of in the time I almost went with Mason Crosby for a bargain because he's won me a fantasy championship before but kick it's a kicker so you never okay so moving on we just had a bargain now we gotta it's buyer beware for fantasy football for the Packers and I guess not surprisingly, both of us took running backs. I'll let you, like Tyler, Tyler, I'll turn to you again. So I'm going to go with Aaron Jones for two reasons. I think he's the most talented running back in this group, the most talented natural running back in this group. However, with the success of Williams, who is still underrated amongst Packer fans for some reason, who turns out four to five yards a carry, Ty Montgomery, who is actually struggling on in pass protection, which he needs to excel at. Jamal Williams is the one who's been excelling at pass protection. Aaron Jones is key to being a relevant piece in this offense consistently was going to be in that pass protection role since I viewed him as a better receiver than Jamal Williams. And I also knew that Ty Montgomery was not good in pass protection. So since Jamal Williams is now being so impressive in pass protection, I feel like he could take some of those snaps from both Aaron Jones and Ty Montgomery. Yeah, that was one thing I noticed all last year in training camp was they kept on raving about Williams' pass pro skills. Mm-hmm. And they always said Jones wasn't the better was the better runner, but Williams had pass pro locked down mm-hmm. and that, that got him on the team. And I think as well with Aaron Jones to be aware also because of, because one, he's he's still injured right now. And two, the suspension, so there might be a little bit of rust when he comes back. So he had a he might only be like a bi-week type play, but we'll see with Aaron Jones. For, for my buyer, Buera, we tell you, you just talked about him, Ty Montgomery. He could be a decent flex option in like PPR type leagues and, and things like that, but he you can't trust his health. You haven't been able to for years now. Pat, he's not going to get a lot of t- uh, snaps and pass pro if, and in the passing game, if he can't do pass pro. And plus, as a kick returner, you never know what you're going to get. He fumbled yesterday. And there's just not as many snaps to go around now with when Aaron Jones comes back and with Jamal Williams. And then you throw in all the hybrids that can play H-back like Lance Kendricks, who looked really good Thursday as well. And guys like that who will be shuffling in and out into the backfield and to to go for a five wide type of formations. I just think Ty is not – he's a very, very risky move in fantasy football. Yeah, I'll touch on him a little bit more in a little bit. But you mentioned that he got – you know, he can't handle – his health, he's always getting hurt. He got hurt on a punt protection last night. So, or, uh, I'm sorry, it was a punt return where he was on the line, I believe. I don't remember. But it was it was a punt play. He got hurt, and 
it's just it's the same thing over and over again. So we'll see with Ty Montgomery. I think I still think he's very very talented. I still think he's the team's best running back. As much as I just talked highly about Aaron Jones, I still think that Ty Montgomery, when he's on, is the best for this team when when he's actually right. So we'll see moving forward. But I I can't disagree with you. Absolutely. And for our next one, we have the we have the Packer MVP for fantasy football this year. This is season-long MVP, not if you're playing weekly fantasy football. And none of us took Aaron Rodgers. We both took uh, some weapons that he has around him. Again, I'll let you go first. Well, the reason I chose not to go with Aaron Rodgers is because of the quarterback position in fantasy football and how it's not valued as much as skill position players. And that's why I went with Devontae Adams, because I think Devontae Adams is primed for a breakout year. It's funny that we're even saying that, considering I would call last year and the end of 2016 breakout years. But I think this is the year where he firmly cements himself as a top 10 receiver in the NFL. I even went out on a limb and predicted that he would be an all-pro this year. I think he can easily do that. So with a healthy season under his belt, I feel like we could potentially see an all-pro year from Devontae Adams. You know, there's no doubt about that. Uh, Adams is, just look at the few snaps he had uh, Thursday. That slant he took from Aaron Rodgers was, it was something to watch. It was a thing of beauty. And, and, that, and that's his bread and butter play. He'll get a lot of catches, a lot of yards after the catch on those slants. And I think that's going to help a lot. For, for my MVP, I went with Jimmy Graham. I think when you look at the valuation of the tight end position in fantasy football, you can, you're either really good or you're really bad at the position. And it's it, there's not many middling tight ends in the NFL anymore. It's either you have the elite guys like a Jimmy Graham, like a Travis Kelsey, a Gronk, and so on, and Zach Ertz. But then you have the guys like Gavin Escobar, who bring very little. Mm-hmm. And I think what Graham can do in the red zone and what he showed in his first preseason snaps with the Packers is he can be an absolute dominant force in the red zone just using his size and his surprisingly really good route running to be able to put up big numbers. He could have games where he has two, three touchdowns in a week against certain teams. So I think he's going to be a huge part of what the team does offensively. I think that's going to lead him to becoming one of the most valuable fantasy players. And you could see him go very early, especially for a tight end. Yeah, I think that he could be a top three tight end this year in fantasy. That touchdown on Thursday was a thing of beauty because I was watching that play. I kept watching it over and over and over again. When Graham ran into the end zone, he was not open, not one bit. But they op- they switched into scramble mode, and then Graham ran his, I don't even know what it was. It was like a maybe a little post or a fly. I'm not really sure kind of what he was trying to do. However, the point is, he knew he had the defender on his back, and what he did was he did a little quick shimmy, quick turn type thing. And as soon as he did the quick shimmy, quick shimmy back towards the middle of the field, Aaron Rodgers saw it, and saw it, and he released the ball, and that's how they were able to get so much separation when he was actually blanketed going into the end zone. So it's going to be a special thing to watch this year. I can't wait. No, I can't either. This is going to be he's going to be so much fun to watch, and it's good to see a number eighty succeed again since Donald Driver. It's going to be really exciting. And here's one one we actually agreed on. It's going to be who is the first Packer taken in most fantasy drafts, and it's pretty obvious. It's Aaron Rodgers. See, but this could also be Devontae Adams. It's kind of, it's actually pretty close. The only reason I went with Aaron Rodgers here is because he, he's, he's always the first quarterback off the board. Doesn't matter what kind of fantasy draft you're in, he's always the first quarterback, and he always goes in like the, the fourth round. If you draft a bunch of other Packer fans like I do usually, he goes in like the third round. He's the first quarterback taken off the board every time, and it's always 
in like the third or fourth round where there's still quality receivers on the board, guys like Devonta Adams, that's where they'd be going as well. Yeah, I think, yeah, he's going to be the first quarterback off the board. And I think the name recognition is going to help a lot. For non-Packer fans in your league, I think he's he's a popular name. He's going to go high. I see him go in the first round in some leagues as well, which is interesting. But I think I think Devontae, he doesn't quite have the name recognition. They're going to look at, oh, he hasn't had 1,000 yards yet. He was behind Jordy Nelson and so on and so forth. So I think Aaron's going to go very high. I think a lot of people are expecting an MVP year from him. So I think that's going to be very interesting as well. Very quickly, none of us are recommending drafting any of the three rookie receivers. There, you can keep them on a dynasty team if you have uh, like that type of a league, but otherwise, just kind of avoid them. They're none of them really have a great path to playing time with how the the guys ahead of them are playing. So we'll just kind of leave the rookies there. But our last one is the the boomer bust risk reward type play. And oddly enough, we just flipped our buyer bewares. You have Ty Montgomery. Yes, I do, and. It's kind of like I mentioned, because when Ty Montgomery is on, this offense is moving. And when this offense is moving, he's receiving carries, he's receiving receptions out of the backfield, he's getting a lot of touches. That's, that's been the common theme when he's been in the game. However, his health is a severe question that can apparently can't be answered. So I think he has the, po- the ability to be a really, really good fantasy option like he was for the first, I think, of like six weeks of last year. But then he just fell off because he got hurt. And then we, we finally were able to see what Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams were bringing. But now this year, we already know what they can bring to the table. So there's already going to be a d- division of touches amongst, amongst the three guys. So if he can't stay on the field, he's just going to fall quickly fall by the wayside. It is a contract year for him. Maybe he's able to put something together and have a special season. Yeah, and I almost went similar with Ty just because uh, I think he factors in kick returns as well. I still think despite the fumble he had, he might be the best option that's not named Trevor Davis for kick returns because he he was an All-American at Stanford doing that. And as much as Quentin Rollins looked really, actually really good on punt returns finally on Thursday, I don't know if he'll make the team and to get the job as a kick returner. But uh, So I think Ty might have some value there. But I went with Aaron Jones partly because his injury right now, he hasn't seen the field in preseason and he needs to get back soon because he's already sitting two weeks in which he can't practice or go to meetings. So he can be in Lambeau Field, but he can't be with the team during those two weeks. So that was going to hurt. So you have the rust maybe coming back. He had the knee problems last year. And when he comes back, if Jamal Williams can seize that job as a starter, there might not be touches for Aaron Jones anymore. He might – this what what happened at the end of last year with the injuries and with the events that, that led to his suspension could do a lot of harm to his his prospects – in Green Bay, if these other guys can make that jump, if Williams can become a more dependable running back, Ty Montgomery can improve in pass protection and stay healthy as well. I think that could be a big detriment to, to Aaron Jones. So if you're going to draft him in fantasy, do it with your last pick or very late or wait or wait for a bye week to pick him up because he could be he could have weeks where he's really, really good like the, the Dallas game last year. Then he could also have weeks where he gets two carries for four yards and does make absolutely no impact. Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing that works in his favor is he's a big play runner. He just makes a lot of big plays, and that's what really drew a lot of fans towards him, and that does bode well for fantasy. However, he's not going to be a reliable starting option. Heck, he's probably not going to be a reliable bench option most of the time. With, like you said, his injury, the suspension, the immer- uh, you know the emergence of Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery still being there and the coaching staff loving Ty Montgomery – it's just not looking good for Aaron Jones right now. 
Yeah, there's no uh, doubt about that to me. I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens in week three once he's once he's eligible to return to the team. What they do as far as roster moves, as well as what they do with the depth chart. Because I think Jamal Williams, who, who everyone says has gotten in a little better shape, he's taken a second year jump and he looks a lot better than he did in last year's training camp. I think if there's a good chance he can seize that job and become a almost like a Ryan Grant clone as far as what he can bring. That would be very welcome to this team to have a prominent presence at the running back position. I just I've always liked what I've seen from Williams. He's he's just one of those guys that he's a good runner because he always keeps his legs moving. He's just he finishes strong. He he doesn't take losses. He doesn't take runs for losses. He always tries to get zero or just one yard if that if that's all he's given. So I, I like him as a runner because he does what he needs to do to be to help the offense basically. Absolutely. And so that's our quick Packers fantasy preview. And as always, and as quick of advice, don't be like a friend of mine about five years ago who drafted Chad Johnson when he was playing for the Patriots. Or drafted, he also, he also, he also drafted the previous year, Michael Turner, after he got cut by the Falcons. Oh, boy. Yeah, make sure you're informed, paying. folks. Make sure you're informed. <laughs> in life and in football, absolutely. Make sure you're informed. So, again, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, we're not necessarily fantasy experts. We've played it a lot, though. And it's always good to see how the Packers stand in fantasy football in, a, in leagues like this. So that's a quick look at what you guys look for. Look for the Packers in fantasy football. There could be a lot of very good things. So for Tyler Grizzagork, again, where can people find you? Always on Twitter uh, with football season in full swing now. I have found a new uh, new GIF maker, so I have been posting a ton of stuff on there. So if you want to get a lot more in-depth look at the game, just jump over to my Twitter at Tyler Grez. That's T-Y-L-E-R underscore G-R-E-Z. Absolutely. And for me, you can find me at Mike Wentlands. I will be usually very optimistic about the Packers. I have been tweeted about I, I I don't do personal tax stuff like that. And recently, I've been getting into a lot of debates about effort of players. So that's gonna, always going to be interesting. You can always find me if you want a Packer take or just random takes in light of life, movies, baseball, football in general. I'm that kind of guy. You can also hear me if you're in central Wisconsin on the radio as high school football is just around the corner as well. Uh, don't forget to follow Packaday Podcast on Twitter at Packaday Podcast every day. We got new content for you guys about 20 minutes a day, every single day. Tomorrow, Zach and Mattel will bring you the latest Packer news as well. Maybe they'll have some more injury updates as well, as well as to see what they can bring over for the Packers as we get ready for week three against the Raiders next week. Also, check us out wherever good podcasts are found. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify. We will be there. Leave a rating, a comment, and of course, always subscribe to that as well. So we'll be back to you guys in a, in about three weeks. Now. We have a couple weeks off. So we'll talk to you guys then later on for the Pack-A-Day podcast. And always, go Pack Go. Rodgers gets the snap. Blitz is on. Rodgers scrambles He's left. Winds up. Rainbow. He's got Cobb in the 10 to the yes. middle. To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Oh, my goodness. An NFC North Division Championship dagger of 47 yards. Hasselback maybe changing the play of the line. Looks left and right. Takes the snap. Short drop. Quick throw. Left side. Yes! Yes! Unbelievable.